feel like I'm losing my mind Cause everybody in the world blind Please Lord give me a sign A sign I wanna be the greatest Everybody on the face shit I look around and feel like everybody is the fakest I make this Every day and I'm impatient Hoping one day I blow up from the basement Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Mark and Mo Show. Brand new version, our new pilot. What's going on? Mo, how are you doing? Introduce yourself, Mo. I'm good. Hey, guys, this is Mo from OTB Clubhouse. How are you guys doing? So, listen, if you have children, tuck them into bed. Because from now on Thursdays, we're going to be uncensored and raw. We're going to do something a little bit new. Now, real quick. Listen, we joined the Come Up Series when, Mo? Like, what, a couple months ago, three months ago or so? Yeah. All right. And the whole purpose was Mark is trying to expand the Come Up Series. He wants to change it up, make it very, very different than it was before. Now, we've been stuck at 71,000 subscribers for a little over a year and a half, I've noticed. And this isn't the same come-up series back in 2020. This isn't the same come-up series from 2021. And it's definitely not the same come-up series from 2022. So things have changed. He's got people on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't think anybody's there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So enjoy the three-day weekend. But the whole purpose is to bring um, something new to the show. All right? So... If for some reason some people have been turned off by the come up series in the past, because I know there was some trust that was lost in the past. But like I said before, I think we mentioned in one of the other podcasts that Mark and Jolyn, they've spoken about this three times. There's some stuff that could have been done that they could have spoke about, like risk management a little bit more. Some of the leaps didn't work out for a lot of people. So I know a lot of trust has been lost. But what I'm asking for all of you to do is to share this video get it out there and hopefully we can bring some people back because this is not the same show like it was, like I said, back in 2020. All right. So I'm hoping that we can get some new eyes on our content here. Hence the reason why he's brought on new content creators like ourselves. Now we initially started our show called Mark money market truth. Um, we got rid of it. This is version two. All right. Pilot episode, trying something new. We're still going to talk about stocks. We're still going to give some plays out. But this is going to be entertainment meets knowledge and value. So that way, hopefully, you guys can be entertained and just kind of chill a little bit on Thursdays. We're close to the weekend. It's almost Friday. Why not chill? Why not have a drink? So I'm always got his drink. You got his drink. I got my drink, too. This is not sponsored by Truly, by the way. Um, maybe one day we get some sponsors, but who knows? So let's fill this up. All right. Mo, we've been gone for some time, right? Uh, I was gone, at least, for some time. And we she had to gone. kind of do some filler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you went to you went to the states for a little bit, right? You went for like was, one week or I so. Palm Springs for like five days doesn't uh, stand up with you going for three weeks, though. That should have been awesome. Yeah, man, I was gone, y'all. I'm gonna be honest with you; it, it was great. I was in Dominican Republic for yeah, close close to three weeks. I had my family was there for a month. I had a fantastic time. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Uh, that's the first time I ever disconnected in like a long time. My wife. And I've been together for 12, 13 years. I don't even know. And she doesn't watch the show, so it doesn't even matter. But <laughs> we've, we've been together for a long time, and I'm always on this hustle mentality. I'm always either learning about the stock market or looking at charts or reading or doing content or doing my 9 to 5. 
school, always something. This was the first time I literally, I went, I sat on the beach and I just disconnected. I disconnected for three weeks and it felt good and I had this different perspective. And that's why I came up with some different ideas and talked to Mo and that's why we wanted to switch up the show a little bit. So um, yeah, that's basically what happened. I was gone for three weeks and um, yeah, man, it was, it was great. I think you need a vacation too, Mo. You haven't taken a serious vacation in a long time, right? Yeah. I'll, if once the next one, I'll be gone for like two months. That's the goal. Two months? It won't be, one, one of the things me and my wife talked about, our vacation won't be anywhere in Canada or States anymore. Uh, it's the same thing, uh, same culture. You kind of go to the beach and chill. I'd rather go either Asia or Europe. Okay. Yeah, I, I think Asia would be a great place to visit right now. Europe, man, is a little iffy. They're burning down my city, man. They're burning down my country, Europe. You guys know I'm from Europe. Um, have you been hearing about that stuff? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah immigrants are just burning down France right now. And it's uh, they got African immigrants pulling up on the shorelines in Spain and Italy, apparently. And it's just getting crazy out there. So it's still a beautiful place. I still wouldn't mind moving there. But things are just getting crazy over there because of... Uh, the whole Ukraine war. But speaking about um, other countries and stuff like that, the real estate market, Mo, how is it in Canada? So, um, again, uh, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about just might shock, like for Canada, a lot of Americans will be shocked with the amount of information I'll give you what's happening in Canada. So they did a survey in where I live, and we live in suburbs, so about an hour away from downtown. A typical one-bedroom suite on rent right now is going for 2100 before COVID, it was anywhere from six hundred to seven hundred dollars. Uh, an average house in this area is going at about one point four million dollars. And in Canada, you have to do a minimum of twenty percent down. You can't do five percent or three point five. You have to do twenty percent down, or you cannot buy the house. Mm. Yeah, that's so pretty it's expensive. It's very rough right now. Yeah. It's the same thing here in America. The prices have gone up. Now, it's starting to cool off a little bit. But funny thing is, um, Florida is considered one of the most expensive states. It's hitting there right there. Did you hear about that in an article? It came out that a lot of all these other states, they're slowly, the prices are slowly coming down. But Florida is still retaining its value. It's a good thing and a bad thing, I think, personally. Um, Like, my house has doubled. We came here to Florida specifically because it was cheaper. And it was cheaper before the pandemic. But once the pandemic happened, prices increased and they still haven't gone down because there's still a demand in Florida. Regardless of what the news says, people are still moving here like on, on big numbers. I saw something that CNN was trying to put some propaganda piece out there or whatever, saying that people are leaving Florida, that people are, um, are closing their businesses and leaving. It's not true. Like if you actually look at this actual studies, it's showing that more and more people are moving here. Hence the reason why the housing prices are still up there. But here's the thing with a lot of Americans out there who are looking for homes, who are waiting on their sidelines and are being priced out of the market, y'all need to start looking abroad. And I'm being 100% serious because me and my wife are planning on buying properties now in Dominican Republic because over there it is super, super cheap. i give you an example. Well, this is not cheap, but I'm giving you an example of, of what you could get over there. And I talked to you about this, Mo, right? Because I was like, hey, man, if you're looking for investment property, this might be one for you. You can get right now on the beach a penthouse suite Four bedrooms, every single bedroom has its own bathroom, 4,000 square feet, has a um, half bathroom for guests and stuff and, and company when they come in. You have a balcony that wraps all around um, your floor because you're going to be on top penthouse suite. 
wraps around with its own jacuzzi swimming pool on your balcony. It's a gated community. It has an emergency room there in the neighborhood. It has a grocery store in the neighborhood. It has a golf course in the neighborhood, a man-made lake. And again, you're right across the street from the beach and you get a golf cart. Guess how much that will cost here in the States? You're asking you me think? that should be about, like, depending on the state in Florida, about 1.2, 1.5. Yeah. What about you guys in the audience? Because remember, guess what? This show, you guys can participate. You can come in in a discussion if you want to as well and talk about it. But, yeah, we're looking at around at least a million dollars, right, on, like, bare minimum, maybe $1.2 million. In Dominican Republic, it's $490,000 is how much that penthouse costs. You get a three-bedroom for around two hundred thousand. You can get a two-bedroom for one hundred, and depending where you want to live in Dominican Republic, you can get even cheaper, anywhere between fifty to eighty thousand dollars. I've seen places within the capital. So my question again is, what's keeping you guys here? I understand that a lot of people don't have a lot of money, but again, why are we so focused here in America? America is just the prices are getting higher, higher. This country's going to shit. Education system is going down. Um, the roads and infrastructure you're paying for all this stuff and we're not seeing any improvement here so why are you staying here why that's that's my biggest question why are people still wanting to remain here in the united states if you can literally live comfortable in other countries granted you have to sacrifice some stuff like in dominican republic when i landed back in um orlando the first thing i did was take a shit and i was able to flush the toilet paper down the toilet you can't do that in dominican republic you have to have like a little there's like a little trash can there and you have to wipe your ass and then throw it in a trash can next to you but don't get me wrong the toilet paper actually smells good so it doesn't have like a stench or anything like that so there are some sacrifices you have to make but the food is so dirt cheap over there the housing is so dirt cheap over there the traffic is insane but it's overall a beautiful country there is no middle class it's like poor or i guess rich so there's some stuff you have to get used to but you have an opportunity to live abroad for probably comfortably twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a year, and a lot of remote jobs, entry-level jobs, can provide that for you. So if you have a remote job, you can move somewhere else, live comfortably, and not be stressed out here in America when you're worrying about paycheck to paycheck. Because I've been where a lot of you have been, the paycheck to paycheck. It wasn't until recently when I started making money. So think about looking outside of America for opportunities. And I know some people are like, oh, I'm just, I was gonna go back to Africa. Think twice first, go visit Africa before you, you decide to do that. So um, yeah, let's talk about some other things. Mo, what else you got? What, what else is a good, the government? Does the government care about you? Well, well, the conversation that I was having and that was with my barber, he makes about 10K a month. Um, and this is after taxes. Um, mm -hmm. And he said he's barely surviving. And he's married, but his wife lives, lives in Spain. So he's been just, uh, she kind of does her own thing for now. Uh, she'll be here in about six months, applied for immigration. But I'm pretty sure states is like that too. I was talking to a couple of people in Texas. And a lot of them moved from California and New York to uh, Texas because they said the house prices will be cheaper mm -hmm. and uh, property tax will be cheaper and groceries and everything. But it's actually not cheap because now a whole bunch of people from California, New York, and other expensive areas went to Texas, and it increased the price there. And we're having the same thing here where people from the main uh, area are moving to suburbs. People from the suburbs are moving further away. And so what you're talking about is just leaving the country. I think what people are trying right now 
is to just getting from where they're living, sell their house for more, finding something cheaper, using the extra cash to survive. And meanwhile, the government isn't really doing anything. And they have like this one thing, which is the interest rate. They keep increasing the interest rate. The price of gas is high, which impacts the price of groceries and everything else. Mm-hmm. They've figured out on paper how to drop CPI. All of you all know that the shit's actually like, yes, one thing I can tell, the car, car prices have actually gone down. That's the only thing I'm yep. seeing where that's happened. Gasoline hasn't gone down. Groceries hasn't gone down. Houses hasn't gone down. So it's really like, who are you squeezing at the end of the day? You're squeezing people that are living paycheck to paycheck, which is the biggest section in, they don't hold the most money, by the way, right? The top 10%, or I should say the top 1% hold the 90%. You're focusing on the 70% middle class that maybe hold 10% of the total wealth, but they are so impacting the people who need the money the most. And that's, they're not really helping because they don't control the wealth, right? So mm-hmm. really, like, I think the government needs to figure out other ways. And other thing I'm going to say, I, I apologize beforehand if it sounds insensitive. I think it's good to give charity. I think it's good to help other people. But you've got prime ministers and presidents giving away money to, in this case, Ukraine. We've got our prime minister just, like, uh, going on like trips that are costing like 100k a day something crazy like that taxpayers money whereas the middle class can barely like do just the basic stuff like i'm not talking when they have money for vacation i'm talking they don't have money to buy like stuff that you need like a lot of people i know they're like okay we're gonna cut down on meat we're gonna cut down on groceries from a nicer place we're gonna start going to this place um most people, like even when I was in Palm Springs, I talked about it. We did uh, a couple of times, we did Uber or got our food delivered. And every single person had a full-time job. They're doing it because they can't make payments. And so, like, think about where's the balance. Like, the you know, the dream life in America? That's what kind of the dream that everyone was sold. How is it a dream mm-hmm. life that you come from 9 to 5, come home, you're not spending time with your kids, now you got to do skip the dishes or like go drive a Uber. I'm talking about talking to engineers, realtor, realtors, and um, uh, therapists. Three guys I talked at Palm Spring, and then there's more people that I talk to all the time too. It's happening at all levels. Um, the value of money isn't there, and the people they're squeezing don't really benefit the economy. So I don't know what's going on with the government. Well, I could tell you this, man. Um... Let me send this out real quick so people can enjoy the show if they want to uh, and if they want to join this conversation. One of the things that I noticed here with this country is that everything that's happening right now, everything you just explained is very true. But it seems like our government currently is more focused on helping other countries, Ukraine, right? That's the thing, Ukraine. And it doesn't matter if you're Republican or um, Democrat. It seems like they're both for this war. Because they think we are doing good, right? It's a proxy war. So far, we spent $113 billion so far within this past year to aid Ukraine. Now we're giving them weapons. Now we're giving them support. We're giving a lot more. My question is this. We have crackheads, homeless people everywhere in Cali. Austin, Texas, by the way, that's the headquarters of the job that I work, work at. They had a meeting, a town hall recently, and the employees 
literally said, hey, I think it's best that we completely go remote and telework because it is becoming more and more dangerous walking to our job. We park our car. There's people on meth and all these other type of drugs just doing it out there. There's people um, asking for money. They're aggressive. One guy apparently got approached. One of the, the co-workers I work with got approached. And it was like, hey, man, uh, you want someone killed? If so, just, just pay me like 50 bucks, man. I, I, I'll get rid of them. Like, it's crazy. Like, all these cities, these major metropolitan cities are slowly deteriorating because there's so many people who are homeless, who are struggling, who are on drugs, and the government does not care. They care more about Ukrainians. So why are we still voting for these type of people, right? Now, obviously, elections coming up soon. A lot of you already know I kind of lean more conservative. I am a libertarian, but right now I really do. Just the way this country has been running and stuff, I lean more conservative. And one of the things I've noticed is that uh, the Breakfast Club. Do you watch the Breakfast Club? I don't. Okay, how many of you in the chat watch Breakfast Club? Put a, put a two in the chat if you watch Breakfast Club. I used to love this show, and I used to love Charlemagne the God. Like, no lie, where's, where's the book? I have there. See, just so you guys know I'm not lying, I bought both of his books, right? Was a huge fan of his. Um, they got into the political space, clearly. They recently had one of the GOP candidates a republican named vivek ramaswani i think that's how you say his name and um their whole purpose is to you know for him to go on a show he's been doing a pretty good job because he's been going to a lot of left-leaning shows to basically get the eyes and the ears of liberals and people like myself people who otherwise would have never paid attention to any republicans so he's doing it smart he's showing on cnn i mean people always joke around that he's the reason why i mean don lemon that he's the reason why don lemon got fired but he's going on all these different shows and he's doing a pretty damn good job. So I was excited to see him go on a breakfast club. I've already fallen off the breakfast club a little bit because I feel like it's a it's a breeding ground for grifters and idiots and just a bunch of stupidity. But they brought him on. He had this conversation. I want to share this with y'all because it was cringeworthy. Take a look at this real quick. Let me play it. By the ways, I said one. I said two. I mean, not one, two. Now, nah, here, let me go play it real quick. Give me one second. This is where technical difficulties come into play every once in a while. Now, did you actually watch this yet or no? Mo, did you, did you oh, watch this yet? I haven't watched it, no. No, okay. So I picked up right here because I just want to kind of give you guys an example of how cringe and embarrassing this was for the culture. In high school, were you ever a class president or take any leadership role? Because your opponent did, Chris Christie. He was the class president. So yeah, have you ever I mean, taken I, any I, leadership at all on anything? Have, or just can, can I just correct a couple factual things uh, sure. that are uh -huh. kind of important? My parents didn't bring me over to the country. I was okay, born in this country, and I'm proud no, of that. No, I know you were born here in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ohio. You, know, you mentioned my parents I'm saying your brought parents me were immigrants. Said, my the, apologies. Yeah, and that's all right. You said your parents brought you over to this country. I yeah, thought my I would apologies. set that record straight. I mean, they were immigrants, but let's they not go immigrants. down the waterfall. Oh, no, 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 we're not going to water. I just want to correct a couple facts. And then the other thing so is... You were born here in Ohio, I was born. In, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's right. Right. So yeah. you've been here your entire life. So the question that's is... Right. Did you take any leadership role in middle school, high school, class president? I did. Uh, yeah. I know you played yeah. tennis. What, what is it? Explain it to Student. us. Okay. So I'm going to stop this right here because this lady is a clown. I don't know who she is. Um, her name is Tessa something. But if you go to this episode and if you look at the comments and see how 
the own Breakfast Club audience reacted, they all turned into Breakfast Club in this episode. And to the point where a lot of people were like, I don't even know who this guy is, but he's got my vote by the way he handled himself and the things that he said and how he's going to try to fix this country. He has some pretty amazing ideas. The problem is just because he's running for Republican, people will automatically ignore him. So that's why he's pretty smart to go into all these other um, liberal podcasts to show like, hey, I'm not afraid to come on these um, left-leaning shows to show you what I can provide to this country. Now, the fact that she's sitting here asking about leadership, what has he done in high school and stuff like that, it was just straight up embarrassing. This is a guy who ran a medical company who created a medicine that has helped and saved thousands of children. He ran a successful pharmaceutical company. He had to step down because of the whole Black Lives Matter, I mean, Black Lives Matter um, controversy because he didn't want to promote them. He was just like, I want to stay neutral. And that was a big problem. So he had to step down from his CEO position. But I suggest you guys watch that. Take a look at it and let me know what you guys think. Please, by all means, go ahead, DM me. It was pretty crazy. Um, and then they just automatically just assumed that he was an immigrant because he was Indian. But this is what I'm talking about. We need to start looking at other candidates and not vote for the same people. I'm hoping that he will be the primary for the Republicans. Most likely not. It's going to either be Trump or DeSantis. But even on the liberal side, you guys pay attention to RFK Jr. I know he's like this vaccine conspiracy theorist but he has some pretty good ideas too the main thing that i like about both of these guys they're not for the ukraine war they do not support war and that to me automatically gets the votes because so many republicans and so many democrats are willing to send our children our men our women over there to fight a war that is not necessary and this is what this country is doing spend money send our soldiers over there to die and, you know, they make a bunch of money through Raytheon and all these um, contract companies. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, that lady, just like what, uh, what's her name, Marley Mar said. Yeah, that lady was super ignorant. Definitely check that out. Um, yeah, so let's get into the, some of the stock talks, man. Or no, before we do that, though, Mo, what's your thoughts on, on all this conversation I just had? Well, yeah, like, I think the biggest thing is she didn't do any research before he came. So I think a lot of times and... I talked to you about this today, like Breakfast Club's pretty big, but every single person can just go turn on YouTube live and go make it their own podcast. So you really have to filter through who you're listening to. The kind of shit that people say on podcast, like it's unbearable. And I feel like a lot of people are just like looking at that as facts and then just sharing. Because look, the algorithms um, promote shock or hate mm -hmm. or love it's emotion it's like so they try yep. making it as um like appealing as they can so a lot of people say things like i can only talk about stock market and a lot of this stuff is wrong but then other part is a stock person who's very famous gives out parenting advice and people keep it at the same height like if someone's a great trader or a great investor or a great entrepreneur or billionaire they don't necessarily are a very good parent, but people are taking advice from different people for the wrong reason. So there's a lot of stuff on Instagram, TikTok these days, and I feel like it's happening because people are lazy and they're not doing any research to show up to this episode um, and talk about plays or stocks. I have to go through 40 to 50 hours of work. And to be honest, I'm not going through that because of the podcast. It's because of the nature of my job. I have to do it so it complements the job, the podcast that we do here. 
but I'm doing a lot of work in the background. And so is Mark because he's in the space and he is passionate about it. So it's not like we come 30 minutes before and just like pick up random bunch of random subjects and just talk about it. So I think a lot of great places have gone comfortable and they don't do any research. And it's very common when you see a person of color just assuming that they're immigrants. Yeah. Are you an immigrant, Mo? Yeah, actually, I am. <laughs> All right. Listen, you guys are more than welcome to come in and chat with us on any of these topics. Like I said, I put the link out there. If you're not afraid, come in. You don't have to show your face. We're going to have a conversation, whatever topic we're talking about. But um, right now, let's move on to some stock stuff. I'm sure some of you guys are here for that. So what happened this past week? We had earnings. How did the earnings go, Mo? So um, I think it's very interesting with um, Tesla and Netflix yesterday, and I'm pretty sure there's people that came in with tickers. They just threw it the, the moment we opened the podcast because they're worried, right? What the hell happened with the market? We've been running for I don't know how many days, green every single day, green, and then Tesla and Netflix and TSM report, and the market just tanks, right? So mm -hmm. people are probably wondering, is this an anomaly? Is this a one-day thing? Or is this we've topped? Like someone on live today was like, yo, 4,600. Was that the top for summer? And I'm like, honest answer, I don't know. I don't have enough information to tell you if it's top or not. And I'd be lying because anything if I said anything else, because then I'd tell you that I'm short or I'm long. I bought this. To, I haven't. I've been saying, like, start scaling, start scaling. And this is why I say scale. I've moved. So this is what I did. I moved away from tech into small caps. Now I'm moving from small caps into energy, utilities, defense, all that stuff. But for earnings, Mark, the two that come across very shocking was Tesla yesterday and um, TSM this morning. I'll cover TSM because that's the stuff that kind of like blew me away and I didn't expect them to do so bad. So TSM revenue was down 14%. Um, to 15.7 billion, which is why AMD and NVIDIA were down and which is why they're still like they're selling off after hours. I think NVIDIA is down 1% right now after hours. Uh, that's not bad. 1% is not that bad, but that's, uh, that's pretty crazy with you. 1%? I mean, yeah, but it may recover tomorrow in the morning. Who knows, so right? It could shut off even more. So it's down 3.3% during market hours and 1% after. So in oh. total, percent, uh, which is very shocking for stock like NVIDIA. You'd think people be buying and people were buying. So people that are listening, the flow today, nonstop, people were buying um, NVIDIA, but they could be wrong. They're just buying the dip. Yeah, and it's a, a complete reaction because of TSM, because TSM is like a setup of what people possibly expect for the AMD and NVIDIA earnings. Now, I'm going to be real with you. Look, I like NVIDIA. Um, when it was down at what was 160, 150, I bought at 150, 160, and I sold, ugh, I think at like 180 or something like that. I, I didn't think. Look, I'm notorious for catching the bottom. <laughs> I'm just terrible at selling at good points. Like, I, I sell way too soon, like way too soon. Carvana, I talked to you about this earlier. This one really pissed me off. I don't know if y'all saw this article on Carvana. Carvana is up almost 1,000% since earlier this year. Now, if I don't know if you guys recall, I think we spoke about it on one of our episodes, and this is the one thing we're going to start doing here. We're going to start keeping track of the plays and stocks that we're talking about. But Carvana 
had initially with some rumors that it may go bankrupt. The stock fell 50% in a single day. I knew it was an overreaction. It's, you know, emotions. People react that way. Like, oh, my God. So they sold off the stock. I bought at 380 I did cover calls on it a few times. And then I let it go around $5. Carvana is now... Let me go pull this up. I think the high was... Sad. What's, what's that? 59 was the high. It was this week somewhere. 57.59. Yeah, it's, it, did, it did sell off today, 16%. Uh, but yeah, it went up. The high was... Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, 58.05 was the high. Can you imagine? Now, imagine how I just held it. But it's not a good company. It's obviously getting short squeezed. It's another one of those GameStops and... You know, what's what's another one of those Bed Bath and Beyond? Yes. It's a meme stock. It's being short squeezed yeah. because a lot of hedge funds and stuff were shorting Carvana. Um, so people ran this one up as well, completely missed it. I'm mad. I wish I wish I had held on to it for sure. But again, profit is profit. So a lot of times when you trade and you get out too soon and you see it run up, it starts messing with you psychologically. So then when you get to the next trade, you end up holding it longer when you shouldn't. Am I right, Mo, about that? Because, I mean, you do this every single day. Today, I sold, you talk to people every single day. So I told I sold QQQ puts today at 120%. And then I got them, got back in them again when they dropped. And then I got stopped out. Those ones did 1,000%. And I got stopped out at 50%. So it happens every day. Yeah. Yeah. But just remember, it's profit, profit is profit, right? So we talked about the TSM um, earnings. Uh, let's talk about the Tesla earnings real quick. I know everyone is super excited about Tesla. You guys know we we don't hate Tesla, okay? We don't hate Tesla. And I know a lot of people are going to ask, you guys says Tesla is going to go to $65, right? We did say that. Let's be very clear. I, I do want to address that because I know that's kind of a thing that, like some people come on my personal YouTube channel and they're like, you said Tesla is going to go to 65 We have, we're, we're three and one on that one, right? We, when it was at $300, we said it was going to go to $200. Everyone called us crackheads, and we didn't know what we were talking about. It went to $200. Then we said $150 went to $150. $100 was the next target. It went to, I think it was $101. And then when it was around that low 100s, you and I were pretty firm about 65 It never happened. It bounced, and it ran up to where it is. So had you listened to us, you would have missed out. Yes, absolutely. But had you followed us on a consistent basis at one point or another, I did say I was starting, I started to buy TSLL because I missed a boat. I think I started buying TSLL around $14, $15 when Tesla was around $190 because I missed the pump. Now, did I change my thesis on Tesla? A little bit. And I tell you why. I think them opening up the charging station is a huge benefit long term i also like the fact that elon is not focused on twitter as much anymore and he's now focused back on the company of tesla with that being said shout out to one of my instagram subscribers because he had a pretty valid point and i want to read his tweet because he was on point in what he said with this earnings what we did see during this earnings his instagram handle is wealth 101 underscore i never actually met the guy but um but we talk consistently, and he had a pretty good argument here, and I want y'all to see this. He says, because he was, um, he likes Tesla, but he he was right. He was right about telling people not to buy, I guess, calls for Tesla because not only will you get IV crush, because that's what happened, right, Mo? It doesn't matter if you got to put or a call, you got IV crush today. Yeah. On, on Tesla. So this is what he said. 
I was dead right on this play while everyone else was hyping each other up, buying a trillion dollar company with a Toyota profit margins. And he's right. Trillion dollar company with a with Toyota profit margin. In the end of the day, if you pull up that app, what's the guy's name on Twitter? He does a really good illustration. Uh, of, it's called um, App Economy Insights. Yes. Follow him on Twitter. App Economy Insights. I love that guy because everything is visual. And again, if you just look until until I look, I understand the future could be bright for Tesla. I'm not denying that. I know Mark. I know a lot of people in the comment series. I know everyone is a huge fan of Tesla. But Tesla is one of those stocks and one of those companies that has a huge cult like following with a bunch of simps and stands. It just is. So no matter what I say, no matter what Mo said, like I said, we were right three out of four times. We were right. It didn't matter to the simps and to the stands. The thing is this. Tesla's margins is declining quarter after quarter. Now, their earnings weren't bad, right, Mo? Do you have the earnings up? Yeah, so you're right about the margin. Their gross margin and operating margin was down 7% and 5%. Their revenue was up 47%, which doesn't mean anything. If your margin's down and revenue is up, that's we know why, because they dropped their prices Drop for the, the price. car. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I get it. I think to your point about the Toyota margin, I watched a clip. I'm pretty sure you've seen it too, where an investor gets up and they were asking questions to Elon. And the guy said, your P ratio is of what Ford and GM is. And your price is so much higher than them. Why should I buy it? And then Elon said, I've never told anyone to buy my stock. And then he just goes on about it. Um, I've said it always. And Mark was on, Monroe was on as well. And I said, I don't think Tesla's going to go down because it's a shitty company. If we get into a recession, People are going to flock to the safe stock, which is defense, which is like your KO, Coca-Cola and all that stuff. People aren't going to be sticking to Tesla. They'll be going, if anything, Apple and stuff like that. Now, how crazy does it sound that Tesla is at 270 and I say it could still go to 65? It does sound crazy because everyone feels comfortable, right? Everyone's comfortable. And what I'm trying to say is. When you're comfortable, that's when you want to start thinking about what's the worst that can happen. And when shit's going down, that's when you want to think about, well, how long can they stay for? The fact that we're right or wrong is irrelevant in my opinion. The fact is, did you make money? If we were telling you that it can go down and you were buying calls, cool, you were wrong. But when it started going up, did you then buy calls? Because if you missed both sides then there's no point. Then we need to fix it. Then we need to get away from being an analyst to being a trader or an investor. I can tell you, and that's what Fabio said too, sometimes averaging down still leads to uh, not being profitable because your opportunity cost of that money could be used somewhere else. NVIDIA is the Mm -hmm. only winner here, and so is Meta. And just so if you guys think we're lying there's an episode where me mark and mark monroe were talking about tesla or about meta and we said once it gets above 100 this should double if there's an actual yes. like we talked about it because uh, mark you were talking about how you have tesla shares and uh, not meta shares no, no meta shares there's meta shares yeah. yeah i was sweating yeah i was sweating no and it is absolutely right there's a lot of stuff that took off now we have been this is the thing we were right until we're not right anymore right Predicting stock prices, it's a game. In the end of the day, it's a game. Realistically, when we first started this show, Mo was supposed to be a trader. I'm supposed to be an investor. But to to be honest, investing is fucking boring. You buy and you hold 10 years. 
most likely 90% of the time you will be up. No matter, buy Microsoft, buy Apple, buy whatever the fuck you want. It will be up. But we have a show. So all our predictions are really short term, within a year span. We mentioned that a couple months ago. Every prediction in prices that we're talking about is within a year. I'm not talking about long term. I'm not saying that. Tesla is not going to be a, a $3 trillion company, 4 or $5 trillion company 10 years down the line. I don't know. I'm not seeing it right now until I see where they're making their money from is not just the vehicles. Then my thesis may change. But I still, I, I said it here. We were wrong about 65. Where is the price target that I think is going to go to now? I, I still think 300 is way too high. I wouldn't buy a 300. To, I think it will revisit 200. Where do you think it's going to revisit? Minimum and that's one. within a year. So exactly from now, it, it should hit 100 minimum from now. So oh, next summer, 100. Okay. Yeah. So let me tell you this. And I had this conversation before, too. I was speaking to someone who manages a $50 million fund. And I asked her, well, you should be happy. The market's up. And I know you've been buying. She's like, my clients are very happy. I'm not. I'm scared. So this is how any sensible funds acting right now. The market has been going up straight up. Companies like SoftBank are jumping back in and we're going up. If we cannot sustain this, and if you think increasing the interest rate until people go broke is the way of bringing inflation down or bringing, uh, avoiding a recession, this is, there's no fix, right? We're just doing things and the market is just doing its own way to adapt to inflation. People are buying assets, mm -hmm. it's going up, people will continue to buy. If stock prices keep going up, people will continue to buy. I said, there's a, for the market to now go down, there must be a reason. We have a reason, it's earnings. I posted on Monday that Wednesday is when the window of weakness opened. We're down about 60 points from Wednesday top. And it's not magic. It's when I'm telling you how Greeks were. Vena and Charm go away on Wednesday on OPEX and they're gone for that week. So that's when real buying can hold the market. And we couldn't. We couldn't support 380 today on NASDAQ or in QQQ. And we slid down. If tomorrow we get even a flat day, people are going to start selling before weekend because they don't want to hold your short calls. In terms of puts, for people wondering, all the puts are placed in for tomorrow. They're not placed for next week. They're not placed for next year. So people have a very short-term mindset saying that the market's going to bound. Sometimes it's not important for the market to go down or up it's about the about how participants are hedged when you're not hedged at all the market drops like how it dropped today amd 121 to 110 in a day is is that a is that a meme stock it's not apple went four dollars high and then it just tanked this is not a healthy market this is panic sellers and panic buyers at some point something's going to give uh, what i'm saying is not that live in fear what i'm saying is manage your risk that's it Manage your risk. So we've been in tech calls for, I don't know, about two months. Then I talked to you guys about the rotation. Now there's another rotation happening. So anyways, we'll get on to that later. But um, manage your risk if you're trading. And if you're investing, I'd say still manage your risk. But then when you manage your risk as an investor, you miss out on opportunities like Carvana. If you listen to books like Psychology of Money, the guy says you have to actually fall in love and be emotional about holding stocks. That's the only way you're going to hold through these games. Because a logical guy like me, if Carwana, he this guy took it at three, 
sold, sell half at six, let's say, maybe sell half at 10, and then at some point get out of it, unless I thought this company is going to go somewhere. You can only hold it from three to 60 if you're somewhat emotional, which is not good in trading, but in investing, it can sometimes works out. It sometimes works out. Yeah. But then we should all look at what Kathy Woods is doing. She's dropping Tesla. She's dropping coin, even though she has her like crazy targets on them, but she's selling them and she's managing her risk. So kudos to her for that. Because saying one thing and doing is different, right? She's saying it's going to go to 1500 but she's taking profits. She's managing, which is very smart. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Fabio, again, if you guys wondering who we keep talking about when we say Fabio, he was our guest um, before I went on vacation, Capital Mindset. Literally, if you, if you want someone who's just strictly stocks, who knows how to analyze stuff, who works for legitimate companies, not some guy calling himself the master investor. No, it's like it's talking about someone who actually does this and beats the market and gets hired by companies. Check him out. He's on YouTube, Capital Mindset. And then he has an actual stock club, $5 a month. We bought him on. The guy is really, really smart. Like, for example, um, he talked about, I don't agree all the time with the stuff and the theories that he has and the thesis that he has, but one of the stocks that he had mentioned was Kilroy. Now, Kilroy had been down significantly at one point. I forgot what it was, but he started buying Kilroy Realty and everyone who followed him is up on it nicely. So these are the things we got to talk about. Me and Mo, realistically, just moving forward. Um, I may talk about some investment opportunity stuff that I'm investing in, but I'm not going to focus too much on that. I'm going to start focusing on what I've been doing and making my money off of for the past eight months, which is vertical spreads, cover calls, and um, cash secure puts, which we've had guests on too. We went through several weeks of talking about that. So that's what we're going to start doing here on my end. Mo will continue to do the option stuff. We will still do this every single Thursday. We're going to put plays. We're going to give you guys plays. So right now, go ahead, grab yourself a pen and a paper. Um, get ready because I'm going to give a play. Mo's going to give a play. And we're going to track these. We're going to start writing this down on our tablets. And we're going to revisit it every week to see how we did. What I want you guys to do first, because again, I know there's a lot of trust that has been lost here on this show. I want you guys to paper trade this for at least three months. Follow me, Mo. See how we do. And if you trust us, then go in small. Again, we're not financial advisors. We're just traders. Him and I have two separate styles. I just don't have the risk tolerance anymore to do directional bets unless I'm like 100% sure and I know the stock, like WWE, stuff like that. Which, by the way, I talk about WWE. No one seemed to care. Now it's at like 104, but it went as high as 110. Um, but before we get into the plays uh, for this week, I do want to talk about one more thing real quick. Remember, y'all, this is the come up series. All right. Do us a favor. Share, share, share. And also subscribe. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you do that. Give us a thumbs up. Because remember, this isn't the same come up series from 2020. We have multiple shows. Now, on Monday, we have Lawrence and Friends. Of course, if you tune in every single Monday, Lawrence has some bangers. He talks about options. He brings on guests consistently. And he talks about stocks and options. Then on Tuesday, we got Mark and Jolyn GC. The Oh, I put CG. I meant GC. 
I always I always make these, these these typos. Um, but they're at this next level now, high level conversation and education. So Tuesdays, if you want that, you got that. Wednesdays, we got Abby, the tax strategist. We got Christopher Bush, the financial advisor. So if you want anything about taxes and financial advising advice, this is the show to watch. And then Thursdays is me and Mo, the Mark and Mo show retitled where we talk about the stuff that we do now entertainment stocks knowledge value everything you come in and you can join our show every single thursday i still haven't seen anyone come into the room but remember this is the new come up series okay every monday through thursdays there is a show for everybody we all may not agree with one another every single time but that's the good thing about having a diverse opinion and it's your job to do the research and um Make sure that, you know, you get better at learning and studying. There's there's no reason for you guys just to come here just for the plays and just take them blindly without doing research because you're not benefiting yourself. Once me and Mo leave, what are you going to do if you just follow me? If Lawrence leaves, what are you going to do? Like, you have to learn how to do this stuff yourself. So let's get into our plays. Let's get into our plays for today. You want to go first, Mo? Yeah, I'll go first. So I'll talk right. about... Let me grab my laptop. I'll talk about rotation quickly. Um, let's... You want to pull up the chart? Yeah. So first, let's talk about this. By the way, I think your fan is hitting your computer screen. Better? I still hear a little bit of hissing in, in the background, but uh, there you go. Much better. All right. I'm going to pull it full screen, all right? So everyone can see. Okay. There you go. All right. So this is for today, okay, guys? Look at what they're selling, tech, cyclicals, and communication services. Someone in the comments said this is rebalancing. The rebalancing is on the 22nd. So if you're saying this is rebalancing, this is going to happen tomorrow after hours. And rebalancing necessarily does not mean that they'll be selling it. It just means they're balancing it out. You might be thinking rebalancing what funds do. So be careful this today wasn't rebalancing today was a sell-off because of tsm um for chips and then for tesla not the margins were pretty bad and how the market reacted so when market runs like this weeks after a week when we do drop everyone gets forced to taking profits okay so that's what's happening here the tickers that are going to be watched now for myself are stocks like ba right it looked very good in terms of tech rivian looked really good that's called relative strength so that's what i'll be watching for um the market just um i guess i could just show you the stock the stock is called Vale, and it's a brazilian company i have no fundamental reason of buying the stock this is typical but hold on mo are you just real hold quick on. did you pull up a chart because we're still seeing there you go all right perfect yeah, sometimes, so, hold on. I'm still getting used to doing this on a laptop, so bear with me. So, this is a ticker that I like. If you guys look at it, I think we can get around roughly 20 on this guy here. And it's sitting at about 14, 1405. It gapped up today, and then... It's starting selling off. Um, the reason why I'm looking at this, someone did a bullish risk reversal on it. 
So if you go check out 13 strike price for October, um, you're going to see a seven, you're going to see 50,000 in OI, which roughly adds up to 7.5 million for this name. So in terms of level, once we break this level here, the next level I have is 1575. Once we break that level, the next is 1660. And then we have 1753. If we go after that, we can keep going. But these are my three levels for this ticker. Um, I follow this ticker for a couple of reasons. One is the chart looks explosive. Second is the sector it's in is doing really well. That's where the money's flowing. Third, a seven and a half million dollar sweep. Um, and the risk reward to this, I calculated it's one to five for me. Um, it's resting. Let me show you something. Let me know if you guys like this kind of detail explanation, or do you want me to go over multiple plays? Give me one. Let me get simple moving average. Yeah. Hold on. Gotta love not having anything saved here. Usually it's in my favorites. There you go. Let's add two. So first one we're going to add is 50. That will be my stop loss. And then the 200 will be an, another area of resistance that we need to watch out for. So, so this will be my stop for this trade. I might go depending on um, how the premiums are, 1375 to 1350. And this is also going to be an area of resistance. So this is my chart. And with that, I'll pass it on to you, Mark. All right, cool. So that's the first one. All right, again, Mo, repeat again. What are the what are the calls that you're looking for? Okay, so the call, um, it's thirteen dollar call for October, um, and the reason seven point five million dollars uh, on sweep. Uh, are you gonna put it on the whiteboard? Yeah, I'm I'm writing it down right now. So one of the things Mark will do is to hold everyone accountable. Is we're going to check the performance of. Um, everything we call out. Um, I can already tell you the performance based on all the call outs I've done, but let's just start reset here um, and then we'll just have proof and things like that. Okay, remember, remember, do this paper trade, okay? For the first three months, just do paper trade um, unless you have been following us for a while and you've been seeing our relatively success on the call outs. All right, now my turn. For all my vertical spread people and cash secure put people, um, I know there isn't like it's they call the, the vertical spreads. They always say that they're like advanced options. And it's because it's hard to explain, at least on my end. I have a terrible time explaining it to people. I seem to confuse them more than anything. I'm going to try to put a course together eventually if my wife can go through the course and if she understands because she knows nothing about trading, investing. So if she understands it, it means I did a good job. And then I got a buddy who I already spoke to. I'm going to mentor him for about a month or two months to see how he does. Because I already trained one of my other buddies who was trying to do options. He was just doing calls on his spy for a year. He lost about $10,000. 
And I kept telling him, dude, it's like I do these vertical spreads, cast your puts, and um, cover calls. It's like, why won't you just start off with cast your puts and cover calls? You have a big account. You have a fifty thousand to hundred thousand dollar account. Just do that. He told me last week that he's been doing it for six months and he has made twenty thousand dollars so far. So he made his money back plus some. So good for him. All he does is Microsoft and Apple. All right. So I'm doing a vertical here, and uh, I was hoping that this position I got into would still be sitting at where I got into it. But I'm looking at Apple. All right. I don't think Apple is going to be at 205 in two weeks. So you have 14 days to expiration for this vertical spread. It's a vertical. Let me repeat. It's a vertical call bear spread. Vertical call bear spread is a bearish position. So all I care about when I put this when I put these two legs in is as long as Apple does not reach 205, I get to keep the premium that I collected 100%. We want it to expire worthless. Huh? So we want this to expire worthless? Yes. I want it to expire worthless because they're paying me the premiums. I want it to expire worthless. So clearly if, you know, Apple moves up a little bit, you will see the premium go up. But the closer it gets to expiration, if it's not at 205, it will, theta will start kicking in and the premium will decay. And I get to keep my entire money. I'm going to tell you guys, I haven't had many losses these past eight months doing these type of strategies. All right. To get your paper and pen ready, I have um, for Apple, I have, again, August 4th for both legs. Sell a call at 205. Buy a call at 210. I repeat, sell a call at 205, buy at 210. Earlier today, I got into this position because I've done this a few times already. I did the 200 to 205, but because of that quick pump at four, that $4 quick pump, and then it sold off, I got out of those positions for profit. I did 25% profit that I took from that initial one, and then I started adding 205 and 210 for, um, for August 4th, because I, I don't think Apple's going to get to 205 or 210 by then. All right. And the premium that I collected, I just added a couple contracts. No, I just added one contract today for 63 cents, which is I collected $63. I was trying to buy more. I had another order sitting for 80. It did hit 80, but I had taken it off because I thought Apple was going to go up a little bit further. And when it reaches around 195, 196, that premium will be anywhere from 80 to 90 cents so you can wait or you can get in now now right now if you get in you're going to only collect 43 dollars which is fine i'm up now so far 30 percent in in the position so if i get out of it, i get to keep 30 percent of the <laughs> of the 63 dollars i collected but the goal is i usually do anywhere from five to ten contracts I usually do anywhere, I do weeklies to two weeks to a month, depending. The further out you go, the bigger the premium and the juicier the premium. However, you're also going to deal with the fact that the market can change anytime. So I did these two weeks. I will add more if Apple pumps up again to 195. I will add probably two to three more position. If it goes to 196, I am going to add probably one more. And then I will start exiting and shaving off contracts once I hit um, 50%. And then usually 75%. Now, here's a rule that I have typically when I do these vertical spreads. If I do a monthly, for example, and within the first week and a half, two weeks, I'm up 75%, I get out of position 100%. Why risk several more weeks for that other 25%? 
at least shave off 90% of your contracts and maybe leave like a runner because that's what I did with Shopify. I, um, I had six contracts on Shopify. I shaved off all of them. I shaved off some more this morning because I had pumped up to 50%. And um, I only have two contracts left, but Shopify sold off. It just dropped out of the blue 4%. And now I'm down. How much am I down? 103%. Sounds crazy, but it's actually only $95 that I'm down right now. So if uh, tomorrow, if it goes above $66, which is what I need, is at 65.44. If it goes up by $66, probably around 1 p.m., 2 p.m., I should probably be up 80 to 90%. So I can collect that remaining $92 that I have, that I've collected. I can keep that. Um, otherwise, if it decides to, to go further down, I just have to take an L on this one. But the other contracts I sold made up for it. So I'm not going to lose money on Shopify. I hope that makes sense. And this is the reason why sometimes vertical spreads sound so complicated. But once you understand it, it is so simple. It's so easy. I like to put these in because I have a nine to five. I don't have time to sit at charts all day and doing what like Mo and, and Lawrence and all of them do with the, the trading every single day. I don't have a time. Now, you won't get rich off of it really quick. But the thing is, it's less risky. It's a compound effect. And that's the reason why I like it. Profit is profit, y'all. Profit is profit. So I'm going to write this down as well. And we see how this plays out and see if, uh, if we're winners, right? And if you guys go on my Instagram, I'll usually always post my trades in there anyways. Now, do you have anything else you want to add there? I think we're good. We'd love the feedback. Uh, we did this episode a little bit different. So love to hear yeah. which side you – or not which side um, – do you like this new way of doing things or do you guys want the old way? I feel like this is more fun and entertaining. Yeah, it's definitely more fun for me at least. Oh, and we have a quick question here. Is this a vertical put? It is a vertical call bear spread. Yes, technically it is a bearish position, but it's called a vertical call bear spread. Don't ask me why it's called that. Sometimes vertical spreads have multiple different names, but you can do it different ways. That's why I was telling you, I just want to make sure that, again, that you remember that you are essentially selling to 205 and you're buying to 210. That's the important part because you could do it reverse and then it puts it in a different position. So keep that in mind. Again, just do paper trade, sell 205, buy 210. Now we've got one last topic before we close out. Drama. The drama. You ready for this one, Mo? Did you hear yeah. the story? I think her name is Carly Russell. It is... In the headlines, it is trending. If you guys know about Carly Russell, please put a one in the chat if you know about that story. Mo, are you filled in? Uh, yeah. Okay. So if you if you been living underneath the rock, this is basically a story. This lady pulls off on the side of the highway. Hold on, I actually have the I have a let me let me stop my screen. Let me share this because I do have here you go. This lady right here, she pulled to the side of the highway. She said she saw a baby in diapers run up to her. She got out the car. She called 911. She said there was a child on the I-459 on Hoover, Alabama, south of Birmingham. She reported a child in diaper was wandering around alongside the highway. She called the police, and then she called her family members. By the time she called her family members, they said to her screaming, and then she disappeared for, what they say, 49 hours. She disappeared for 49 hours and then showed up again at her home, and she, the police is now investigating it. When the police showed up to the scene, three minutes after she called the cops, they found um, her cell phone, her wig, and that was pretty much it, in the car by itself. No, nothing else. Nobody called in a missing child, nothing. 
Now, her story sounds a little fishy. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, as usual, there was a lot of outrage about this because, according to a TikTok video, her brother, I guess, said, hey, my sister was kidnapped. Of course, the mass media is not giving it attention because she is black. And, of course, Candace Owens jumped on this. I actually don't follow Candace Owens anymore, but she jumped on it. And um, said there was a lot of stuff that was suspicious. It sounded very, very similar to Jussie Smollett's situation, a.k.a. Juicy Smollett. If you guys recall that, he completely faked this whole thing. So if you guys think that she is faking this, please put a one in the chat. If you have something that you want to add to this, please, please, please come on. You're more than welcome to talk about this. But yeah, man, this is crazy. She, I, I don't know what her goal is, but... I feel like these people who want to lie on camera, it's like they, they, they go far enough, but then they, they just go, they jump off the cliff. They, they go too far. It's like, remember, Jesse Smollett, had he just stuck to the story that, hey, I went to Subway, some white guys approached me, they called me the F word, and they beat me up. But then he went that extra mile. Like he, like he took a script from Tyler Perry and was like, they had a noose, and they put the noose around me, and they poured bleach on me. Same thing with this, this lady. It was a random kid on the highway in diapers. And then I got kidnapped and I leave my my wig behind and my cell phone and I just reappear out of nowhere. It's just that the story is just so insane that it's now taking away from the real people who have been kidnapped, who have been part of this whole sex trafficking business. Like it's taking away from the real people who had to go through this. And again, it seems like too many people jumped on this bandwagon right away talking about let's help her let's spread the word specifically because again it's that that the racism the black the 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 whole thing about because she's black she's not getting the attention and now look what's happening it's making people look bad it's making the culture look bad it's making everybody look bad in this situation but 100% i think 100% she was lying do you think she was lying Oh, um, so basically, um, when you told me about it, I read the article. They said that police found that before um, her, dis- her disappearance, her search history on her laptop was very suspicious. Um, so, yeah, yeah she's pretty sure she's lying. Yeah. And, and she and before she even went missing, she went to Target, bought some snacks and food, which weren't found in the car. So, <laughs> so clearly it's planned. I don't I don't know what the end goal was here, but. The police are probably going to prosecute her. Now, what, what's bullshit is she might actually get some time where Jussie, Juicy, got time, but he got released less than 30 days, I believe it was. He was supposed to serve, I think, six months, if I recall, and he served less than 30 days and is free to do whatever he wants to do because he had the right connections with the right people. So I think um, I think she's definitely going to pay for this one. Because there needs to be an example for people to stop doing this type of thing. Now, before we close out, if nobody wants to come in and have a conversation about this, we can close this out. But there is a question for you, Mo. Yeah, I, I was just going to say. So, yeah, it is $1.53. Like most of the place that I go for, I don't really um, look at it as if it's going to make money or not. Um, the way I look at it is the probability of it working and the probability of it not working. How much will I lose? 
if it doesn't work, it's an October trade. So you're not going to lose much on theta and you're not going to lose much on delta either because it's pretty close to the stop. If it does work, $18 would take this, what is, what at? It's at, what, 14.05 and I'm saying around 18. That would take the premium about 500%, depending how long it takes. I think if looking at the chart, if it breaks out, and if money leaves tech, we're in July, by August end, we should get there. So about 500%. That's kind of, and if it, if it doesn't work, about 35% should be the stop on it. All right, you guys heard that. 35% should be the stop. And also take profit. If you get multiple contracts, you should be shaving, shaving off. Shaving. Shaving. English is my second language. It's driving me nuts. Um, yeah, that, that's all we got, y'all. Plus, hey, listen, if anybody is still doing leaps, by all means, go ahead, do it. Um, I think the best time to have done leaps, honestly, was when everything was at a 52-week low. But um, the ones I have been doing, if I have been doing these directional bets, and I don't hold them very long, but I've been doing deep in the money instead. There's a great book. Here, let me pull it up. For anybody who's interested in still doing leaps instead of doing out of the money, I know that's like the strategy with the rolling fours to go out of the money, but there's, again, different strategies you could do with this. But you guys should check out this book. I've been trying to find this guy, this author, Mike Yun. I think that's how you say his name. Yen, Y-U-E-N. Um, I read this book years ago when Mark first introduced the rolling fours. And he pretty much does a similar thing. The only difference is he goes deep into money. And I recently took a few trades um, just deep into money. And I noticed that when the stock declines like 2 3%, you're, it, you don't get hit too hard when it's deep into money. The theta decay doesn't hit in as, as yeah, hard as so it would when you're out of the money. Anytime yeah. we're deep in the money, in this case, we're in the, we're in the money by a dollar. The delta is so great that if, like, if you, let's just pretend. I haven't seen the delta yet. I got it yesterday. So let's say the delta of this is one, right? Think about mm -hmm. what would happen if this moved $3. It would go down up by $3, right? Clear. $4, four. Now there's going to be theta. If we do four, this is going to be roughly around 545, which is going to give you 500% uh, total. And then um, actual profit would be about 400%. But what ends up also happening is IV goes up, right? That's going to also boost the premium. Why does the IV go up? Um, the IV goes up. Why? Oh, so one more thing. I, I don't go in the money. I never do that. The only reason I went in the money is because of the flow. That's it. I don't play in the money. I So I'm going to tell you something, and it's not a diss to anyone if someone's doing other way or anything. In terms of a risk reward, the best trade are not out the money or in the money. They're at the money. Just so you know, based on theta and other Greeks, at the money for if you're looking at like, if you want to get a leap and you're like, should I go in the money, at the money or out the money? At the money has the best uh, risk to reward ratio. I only picked $13 in this case because of the flow. It came for that. You can pick 15 if you wanted to, but that's what I did. Yeah. And obviously when you get at the money or deep in the money, you're going to be paying more, but... It, you're, you're really minimizing your risk, I think, personally. You definitely are. So, um, yeah, man. Well, everybody, you can find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. I have two of them, in fact. One of them is the Political Satire channel. It may not be for everybody. It's um, disrespectful. It's um, insensitive. And um, 
it's my type of humor. So it's completely scripted. And you can find that. You can find me on Half Breed Observer. I drop a video a week. That's the goal, at least. Got one dropping here soon. Then you can also find me on Uncultured Currency, um, where I have my podcast, where I talk to interesting people. I also talk about finances here and there, but that's probably going to end soon. I got some stuff I need to announce here soon when it comes to Uncultured Currency. And then on Instagram, if you want, you can find me at Dope Content Creator. And where can they find you, Mo? Um, so for my Instagram, you guys can find me on OTB Clubhouse. Um, I post a lot of stuff. Like I could post live, like about the market and stuff. And then on Twitter, it's OTB Shark Mo. I'll say this again. I've said this before. We've got about eighty-three people. If we get ten people or ten or more to just tag us, and the only reason is so we can get more awareness and visibility. I'll do a full-on class using a scanner, a free scanner, and show you how I find plays. I'll take about 20 minutes, and I'm going to go over, like, you tell me what the news is, and we'll find tickers live, and I'm going to do a full-on risk-reward, show you everything. Um, That's going to happen at some point in the future, but if you guys can do that, we'll do it within the next 30 days. At least 10 people have to tag both Mark and me, um, just so we can get more visibility. Uh, tag, um, so you tag our Insta handles, right? So let's say you go on in your Instagram, you just say, you just we're on our show, and then you tag us and we'll reshare. We get 10 people, we'll do something like that. Yeah, let's do it right now. Woo! All right, y'all. Everybody, good night. Have a great weekend. If you guys haven't heard, there's this, New movie coming out called Oppenheimer. Check it out this weekend if you get a chance. I think it will be a very, very, very interesting movie. My family is out watching it right now. I gave that movie up to be here for y'all. For y'all. So make sure you subscribe and click that like button. And of course, if you like this version two of what we're doing here, the Mark and Mo Show, please comment. Let us know. That way we know that you are enjoying this. Until next week, y'all. Peace out. And have a fantastic weekend. Bye-bye. That's Hunter.